Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, the after show. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 19. And I want to circle back to something that I had discussed on the endurance of labor laws way back in the beginning of launching my podcast. Um, this was back in November of 2021, and I talked about knowing your wages. So I've come across different things um, when looking at jobs online. Um, I've looked at ZipRecruiter, Indeed. And there was another one. I don't look at Monster anymore.、Uh, Monster used to be really good with having normal, legit jobs on there, but I just haven't really seen that lately. So, when I saw、um, one of my early episodes, and the title of it is "Know Your Wages," it reminded me of when you know I've been looking at jobs, and there are so many employers they don't want you to know what the job pays. So, like for example, on Indeed.com, or if you download their app, and Indeed has become one of my favorite ones to look at for this. What I've noticed is that sometimes the employer, which is, I wish it was more common. Sometimes when the employer puts what they're willing to pay, they put the salary range. I think that's awesome when they put that there, because I think it's better to be legit and to be upfront and honest than to than to conceal that information. So basically, when an employer does not convey to an Indeed what they are going to pay or what they're thinking about paying, then Indeed basically makes up a you know I would say relatively close to what it should be in the industry.、Um, Indeed makes up an estimate of what this job may or may not pay. I know from personal experience that that estimate has not always proved correct, especially in at-will states. And I'm not against at-will states. At-will states are awesome. I live in Oklahoma because I'm not a big fan of like、um, what what happens in states like California and New York, where it's not really an at-will state, and so employers don't really have,、um, I would say, as many. I don't want to say as many rights, but it's just difficult for employers to hire the right people because there's so much regulation and over-regulation. Whereas it's kind of the opposite extreme with at-will states. Um, in at-will states, sometimes employers behave very badly, and my personal experience has been it's been small to mid-sized firms that have behaved very badly towards employees in at-will states because they they don't understand rules, laws, and regulations, and then they don't always hire a good accounting team or a good HR team. I mean, HR, human resources. I'm not a huge fan of HR. To the extent of, you know, I've heard some, I've, I've heard some really bad stories about HR. I mean, they are a dime a dozen. But here's the thing: when you meet a really good HR manager, they are really good, hands down. They are awesome. They do their job. They do it well. They care about the employees. So those people, God bless you, love you very much. So in regards to what I'm talking about today in this episode about knowing your wages, I was just going to talk briefly about how, on Indeed.、Um, It's it's kind of odd to me when employers don't want to tell you what what the pay range is. You know, can you give me a pay scale? Because initially, like years ago, when I would be looking for jobs, employers hardly ever put in the ad, whether online or in the paper, unless it's day laborer work.、Um, very rarely did they put what they were willing to pay. So. It was considered a faux pas back in the day to ask in the interview what is the pay. Employers, at least here in Oklahoma, would get so angry about.、It. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why don't you want to tell someone what you're willing to pay for this position? It's hiding information. It's concealing it. So, FYI, years ago, it was considered a faux pas to ask what what are the wages for this job. 
What is the pay scale? And I mean, it was always like you, you never knew what the what the pay was going to be until they actually offered you the job. And then it's like, okay, well, if I had known, you know, for example, if you're not going to pay me what I thought it was going to be, then I would have told you no. You know what I mean? So that you know, that was back in the day with a totally different job and whatnot. But it's just like, it's just crazy how things have changed over the years. So we've gone from employers not wanting to say anything about the pay, and also we've gone from it being a faux pas from asking about pay in the first, second, or third interview to now where it looks odd to not say what the pay is going to be, or to not say in the interview, or to at least negotiate a little bit. So employers have greatly improved on that. So needless to say, if you're looking for a job, the the first ones I would definitely apply to. Are the ones that they they just flat out say what the pay range is. They just flat out say in the job description, go to those first, because I think I think it's more level if you know what I mean. So you know, apply to those first because I think it's better to apply to something where they just say it up front. Now, if they don't say it up front, it's not as bad as in times past where you you couldn't ask that. <laughs> of course, me considering um, that I say it like it is, I asked anyway. Because I was like, well, if they're not willing to say up front what they're willing to pay, or, or at least let me say a pay range, then it's probably not going to work out. So first, apply to jobs that they say up front, hey, this is what we're willing to pay. Then once you run out of those jobs, applying to those, then apply to the ones where they're not saying up front what the pay range is. Now I have had this happen where I've gone interviews where they won't tell me at all. At all, like it's not in the ad. They just say, "Oh, well, it's based on experience." I'm like, "Okay, well, what's your baseline? You know, like what's what's your max? What's your minimum?" Like, and there's some people that that just refuse to tell me at all. And you know, it's interesting. People, that, you know, let me put it this way: the employers that I have interviewed with over the years, if they have refused to tell me the pay, whether in the job ad or whether in the interview, I have never gotten those jobs. Never. Never. I cannot think of a single job or a contract that I ever got. I'm like, you know what? Money is money. It's it's not that big of a deal. Like like, just be honest. You know what? You know what? Some of these employers act like it would be really odd. For example, if let's say you know, you know basically the federal government requires a minimum wage, right? Well, let's say for example the federal government says, well, we require a minimum wage, and employers, you have to abide by this. This is the minimum wage. Well, what if the federal government refused to tell the entire United States <laughs> what the minimum wage is, but then the federal government could come after them for not paying the minimum wage? I mean, I mean, is it making sense how dumb it is when someone doesn't want to tell you at all what the pay is? I mean, that's kind of how it comes across. So here's another experience I've had, and and it's a good experience. So I had an interview where. I don't remember them putting the pay in the ad. I've seen so many ads. I've seen so many jobs. I was like, well, I was thinking to myself, you know, regardless of whether I see the pay um, listed in the job description, I pretty much ask the exact same questions in every meeting or every job interview. I just stick to my script of what I develop for myself of what do I want to know and what do I know up front. Well, you know, there have been times where the employer they won't. Necessarily tell me, but they'll say, "Well, it's depend upon experience." But what is your pay range? What is your pay scale? And then I'll say, "Well, it's this to this." And most of the time, the employer is like, "Okay, yes, I can definitely do that." See, that's a good employer. 
That's a really good employer because you know they are letting you speak first of all. They they are willing to listen to you and they are engaging with you in the interview and they're open to hearing what you are willing to work for. Because I don't see the point in interviewing or having a business meeting on a contract if you're not going to talk about the money. I mean seriously, it just I mean it would be like, you know, let's say for example, you want to build a hospital. Well, you need to get quotes for that. You need to get quotes. So what if you reach out to a builder? And let's say you you have the floor plans, you have the architect plans, whatever the case may be to describe that. And so you 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 know, you reach out to basically a construction company or a builder and they won't tell you how much the labor costs. They won't tell you how much the materials cost, and they won't tell you how, you know, they won't give you like a a, a general timeline. of how long this would take to build. They won't tell you anything. So basically, it's a big surprise. This <laughs> is what it is. That makes no sense and you see that would make whatever contract you're trying to have with them invalid because they're not living up to their part of the deal. Like usually in a business contract, it's it's a business agreement. So it says, "Okay, I'm willing to work these hours for this amount of weeks, months or a year or whatever, however long the project takes, I'm I'm going to charge this for the labor and this is what the cost of goods is going to cost and here here's the payment plan that we need from you. You know, every construction project is completely different. They are financed differently. But if you don't know how much the construction project is going to cost like the the overall cost like hey it's going to cost 110 million i'm making this up it's going to cost 110 million dollars for everything that goes into this hospital to build it from the ground up purchase the land purchase the permits supplies material labor all of that that's how much it's going to be but you see if someone doesn't tell you that number then that just you know my radar goes up big time on that like that's a big red flag especially in a contract especially in a business agreement when you're talking about land a property and property management and construction like when someone won't tell you straight up what something costs that's a big red flag because they know their cost whether they like it or not whether they are doing really well or whether they are in the hole they know their cost so needs to say You know, I don't do business with people that that either A don't tell me what the cost of something is or they won't negotiate. You know, it would be like like for example, I've seen some some clips here lately of Shark Tank, which is, you know, when I was younger, I hated that show. I thought they were mean to people, and I just didn't like the intensity of the show. I don't like intense shows. It really bothers me. It, I just don't like that cuz life can be intense anyway. So I don't like watching the entire show. So I just watch like these little short clips on YouTube. And you know what really frustrates the sharks is when people won't say, you know, definitively and you definitively, you know, how much money they've made in the past, how much debt they have. They won't talk about equity or royalties or or they won't they won't really pinpoint down how much they're asking from the sharks. So they're like, "Well, I just want to work with you." And the sharks are like, "Okay, what exactly do you want?" "Well, you know, I just I just want you to take me under your wing." "No, what do you want? Are you talking about money? Are you talking about a loan? Are you talking about um credit on a loan? Are you talking about stocks? Are you talking about royalties?" Like, I you know, I've never seen so many people in a room get mad, <laughs> you know. 
when someone is trying to present an idea that on Shark Tank, you know, like some of these people, they just don't know business. You know, you know, some of these people that come in there and launch or, or pitch their ideas, it's just like learn a presentation. Of course, it's going to be a little intimidating because you know you're basically going into the lion's den, asking people that you don't even know to help you, and you you have to trust them if you're going to do business with them. And so here's the thing. I've seen some episodes lately where, uh, or not episodes, but like clips where some of the sharks got really mad at some of these people. I mean, really mad. And so they kind of get their their pride or their ego hurt whenever someone um, doesn't want to give them as much equity in their company as what the shark is asking. And it's just like you know that's that person's company. Like, but you know, but here's the thing. I guess my point is this: it's very important to know what you're asking for and what you're looking for because if you say what numbers you want and really think about your numbers, really think about your numbers, whether it's asking you know. For a certain raise, and not asking, but you're saying, "Hey, this is what I'm willing to work for," you know, basically in a job interview. And then when you go into a business deal, for example, Shark Tank, or or maybe you're looking for an investor outside of that kind of situation, you need to know your numbers and you need to know your facts. And also, what I've learned um, just from watching Shark Tank, um, some people get really offended when whenever the shark. Uh, lowballs them. It's like okay, that's part of the game. That, that's just how it is. It, it's a starting line. It, it, you know, it's it, it's a starting offer. You can always do a counter offer, but sometimes these people they are so sensitive with, with their ideas and their pitches and their companies that when that when someone who has a lot of money lowballs them, they immediately get offended. Immediately. I mean, I don't know what's worse on Shark Tank. The people that that don't know how to ask for money at all, or those that walk in so cocky, so arrogant, it's like who who would ever want to do business with them? And it's like okay, I don't understand how someone can be on Shark Tank, walk into that room in the presence of multimillionaires, okay, that know the business and know it very well, and they have the audacity to be rude and disrespectful and cocky to people that make way more money than them. Are smarter than them, you know. Are business smart, business smarter than them, and it's just like that's really not the best way to behave. And so, you know, there are sometimes that, you know, I wasn't surprised at all that the sharks totally turned down even some really good ideas, but they turned down the ideas because the person was a jerk. So, needs to say, when you know your wages, you're you're not crawling to an investor. You're not crawling to your employer. You're not crawling to your manager. And also, this is really important for when you're asking for a raise. I mean, this is very important because I think sometimes we just kind of fall into the trap of, well, this is what my employer does every year. They guarantee this, and then they talk about bonuses. And it's like, okay, here's the thing: everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. Well, technically. Except for the tax code of the IRS, but everything outside of that is is negotiable. So negotiate, because it puts you in charge of your money. It puts you in charge of your company. It puts you in charge of your life, and that's the best thing to do in circumstances like this. So always know your wages, always know where you're at, and always know where you want to be. I mean, I would say at a minimum, at a minimum. You should be striving for at least a thousand dollar raise every year, so that way in five years, you at least make 
5,000 more each year on your gross income, at least. Because then let's say, you know, I know hardly anybody works for a company long term, but let's say you work for a company for like 20 years, you know. If you ask for at least $1,000 more each year, then in 20 years, you will be making $20,000 more in gross income as, as well as in, I would say, your 401k and your investments and how, how, how you, I would say how you, how you utilize your income. I hope that makes sense. I'm not saying that, that your employer will put $20,000 in your 401k. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that overall, you need to have set in your mind what you are willing to make each year and then what you are willing to ask each year in your performance review, even if they say you suck, counteroffer and say, well, I couldn't disagree with you more, but here's what I've done for you. Here's what I've accomplished while I'm working for you. And you know what? You know, I, I think I'm worthy of a raise because I know the work I did. I know I've been doing really well. And in fact, I would love to get promoted. Are there any positions available in other departments that, you know, have more responsibility, make more money, maybe leadership roles? And here's the thing. If an employer is not for you growing in your role, you don't want to work there. They just want a human body but not really treat them with dignity and respect. That's the thing. So always go for employers or strive to work for employers that they actually do believe in you and they want what is best for you. And I've met some over the years. I actually recently met an employer uh, in a business meeting. I was very impressed with them. I was very impressed with their company. Um, I actually got to meet with their HR manager. She was just awesome. Awesome. I mean, it's people like her that are that are the exception to the rule especially like for example HR departments get a bad rap all the time she is the exception to the rule because she does her job she does it well she's nice she's kind but she's not a doormat and she's actually really funny it's just nice to meet i would say refreshing people that are genuine because believe me i've met a lot of disingenuous people over the years and i i'm right there with you that it gets frustrating it really does It's annoying, it's frustrating. You're like, "What in the mm? That's just kind of how it is sometimes. But just recognize that, you know, if you don't give people a chance, then you're never going to get to know them. You're you're never never going to meet them. And so you're never going to, I would say, see the world. You know, you don't have to go to Egypt to experience that culture. You know what I mean? But it's like you have to give people a a chance because relationships that's just how they are. whether they're personal, business, spiritual, mentor, you know, whatever the case may be, but just know who you are as an individual and just know in your heart, in your soul, in your mind what you are willing to tolerate and what you're not willing to tolerate. Also, you need to know and be firm about it what kind of business deals you are willing to accept and which ones you are not willing to accept. Cuz I'll I'll circle it back to Shark Tank here on this example. So there was one little clip I saw where this guy, he didn't like any of the offers that the sharks gave and he turned every single one of them down and they just had this look of shock on their face. <laughs> Cuz he was, you know, he knew in his mind what his company was worth and, and what the product could do and what the product was already doing and he didn't like any of their deals. He just didn't. And so they never they never worked out a deal at least that I know of. I mean, who knows, maybe like a year or two later, maybe they circle back to that, who knows what, but it always kind of surprises me whenever someone 
goes in there with confidence, not arrogance, but confidence, and they know what they are worth. They know what their product is worth. They know what their company is worth, and they are not going to get sharked. <laughs> They're just not. <laughs> and it just, I always bust out laughing whenever I see the shark's facial expression, like whenever they're surprised or taken aback, or whenever they're just, um, they're they they're not expecting to be turned down. That just makes me laugh. I just bust out laughing because I'm like, well. You know that that's that's that person's right to look elsewhere. I mean, here's the thing, that's business. Someone can always turn down a deal, um, but yeah, I think it's really funny when someone turns down every single deal and they're like, "Well, I know I can do better." <laughs> so <laughs> it's just kind of shocking. <laughs> but God bless those people. I mean, they have the confidence to walk into a room with some very Aggressive business people. I don't mean aggressive in a negative way. I just mean that these are people that they do this for a living. They really do. So just FYI, be aware of that, and, and you know, do check out Shark Tank. I mean, it's 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 very interesting, especially the short little clips on YouTube. I mean, it's it's very short and sweet to the point. And I, I have learned a lot about human behavior just by watching that show. <laughs> But you know, it's it's one of those things that you know when I was younger. I hated that show. I thought the sharks were mean, and then now that I'm older, I still think sometimes they're mean and hateful. But you know, other times they're they are. I don't want to say accommodating. Other times they are businesslike and professional. But sometimes I think they're a little mean. I really do. Sometimes I think they expect way too much equity. I really do. Like like I will hear a product on that show. I'm like, oh, that could easily make a whole lot of money. And then the shark will just demand all this equity or whatever, and I'm like, whoa, wow! I can see why some people do not accept any of their offers. It's because it's it's too it's too greedy. I think sometimes those sharks are greedy, and you know, th- there's a difference between making money and leasing and fleecing somebody. And sometimes I feel like the sharks on Shark Tank. I feel like sometimes they just lease and fleece people, and I. Well, mind you, they can definitely help someone start a business and keep a business, but I mean, sometimes they just want. Too much in royalties, they want too much in equity, and that—that's a lot to that is a lot to ask somebody else to sacrifice in their life, in their income, and in their business. That's my personal opinion, but that's just kind of the impression I got. But it just really made me think of okay, well, if people, when you know your wages and you know what you are worth, then whenever you go into a business meeting, you know you're you're not going to get sharked. <laughs> so that's always a good thing. Really good thing, but um, but anyway, I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye.